Welcome to Critical Ditto. I'm Stuart, I'm running the game. I'm Ali, and I'm playing Kenny Mullet, the troubled teen from Comover Town, with Moustache the Magikarp and Bowtie the Rowlet. And with a dark. ness. <laughs> I feel like beautifully, we beautifully laboured. <laughs> Wonderful that you didn't even know your own character. I was like, I almost said a dark something inside him, and I was like, I'm not sure if I like that. Uh, I'm David. I'm playing Theo, the uh, human equivalent of a book of rules, and uh, I have Meditite, Swaddle, and the artist formerly known as Cabbage, Kabuto. And I'm Tom, and I'm playing the pink-haired future champion of the Pokemon League, Brandy. Uh, I have a Baneri called Wimpy, and a Skaroopy called Gary the Skaroopy. I don't know why I'm speaking in radio voice, but back to you, Stu. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, Back you... in the studio, here we are, about to start tonight's game. You guys really showed me up with your descriptions. <laughs> you were so much better than well, me. Well, it's because when you really messed up yours, me and David both thought, we should think we about it. We should think about it. <laughs> we should think about it while he's on his 17th take. God, we don't want to look, look like Ali. <laughs> Previously on Critical Ditto. My sister is a supernatural. She could summon small storms. Pirates came. I took my sister. How will they know she's your sister? What's her, what's her name? Oh, her name is Aliza. She liked jewelry, but alternative jewelry, uh, piercings. And yes, it is I, Andre Formans. So Nautilus destroyed our whole town, Theo. For what, a tome? What was this tome? The tome is one of three, the map to the King's Rock. I understand that you, Candy, have your suspicions. Guess what, baby? So do I. But if you screw up, if anything comes back to me, I drop you like a stone. We at Capricorp are excited to reveal our latest and greatest product yet. The Extreme Ball. I present to you today, special guest. She's agreed to be here, and she's not here under any form of duress at all. Whiskey. Imagine this random person catching a high dragon. The special defenders leap into action. Kenny is overcome with panic and involuntarily grabs this guy and his hand just heats up. Kenny almost feels like you're drowning as this smoke enters your lungs and from the outside, this smoke dissipates to an empty space. A TV camera has captured all of that moment with you. I'll give you some time, Mum. Just you gotta get out of here. Wimpy picks up a rock and hurls the rock at the Hydreigon. Theo sees Whiskey running off with the one thing in this room that we have been told could actually stop a Hydreigon. A ball that could catch it. You sort of dive in, smash the extreme ball out of Whiskey's hands into the hands of... Bash! The least likely person. Is this her moment to do something? Bash for Luton stood in the deep backfield of the Heathridge and Wobbuffet Academy for Girls Blitzel ball pitch. The giant scoreboard which hovered above the cylindrical stadium read 123 to 123, reflecting the fierce competition with which the Vasti match against the Archipelago Conservatoire had been fought. Whilst tension emanated from the gathered parents and well-wishers attending the collegiate clash, Bash felt next to nothing. She sank into her hip and let her shoulders hang loosely at her side. This particular innings had stretched on for nearly two hours and the ball had yet to reach Bash once. Figures, she thought. Her Evie stood as ever resolutely at her side, sensed her disappointment and nuzzled her leg. As a family member of the Falutan Empire, Bash was used to many things. To having a Dust Club's butler deliver a grilled cheese sandwich to her room at 2am. To having her own ponytail. To having more clothes in her wardrobe than a Kalos boutique. 
She was also used to being consistently the least interesting person in the room. Bash was a spare part in her own life, existing and yet seemingly serving no purpose to anyone, an Everstone held by a shuckle. Her father routinely ignored her in favour of her brother Heron. Her classmates found her neither clever enough to study with, nor witty enough to invite to the Heathridge tea mornings. Keki was the moniker attributed to those unwilling to learn her name. Don't mind Keki, her peers would mutter. She's invisible. Bash scrunched her eyes and felt her face flush with embarrassment as the nickname rang around her head. The Kecleon Association always made her incredibly conscious of her bulbous eyes. Remember what Mum always says, Bash reminded herself. You are how you define yourself, not how other people see you. She felt herself regain composure as she focused on the warmth of her mother's face, the one person in the world Bash could rely on. Bash opened her eyes and looked to her mother's seat in the crowd. Empty, as it had been since the start of the game. I wouldn't miss it for the world, she'd said. Where was she? Bash! Bash was shaken from her racing thoughts to hear Trent Bombadom, Blitzelball coach of Heathridge and Wobberfit Academy for Girls, roaring from the sidelines, his face red, his veins pulsing. The ball! Charge the ball! Bash looked down to see the pulsing Blitzelball resting lightly against her left foot, and the opposition wing pivot barreling towards her with a duot in tow. The duot fired a razor shell, which Bash's Eevee deflected with a tail whip before readying a swift of its own. Bash picked up the Blitzelball. She felt like she might be crushed by the noise of her teammates in the crowd. She wasn't ready for this. She wasn't ready to let this moment define her. What if she failed? She's invisible. Invisible people don't influence things. They don't win sports matches. The wing pivot was almost upon her. Tall, powerful, a rampaging Taurus of a girl. Now or never. Bash hurled the blitzel ball towards the tower goal in the midfield. Evie Swift connected with the ball in midair and charged the already pulsing ball to Dynamax levels of power. The ball sailed past the Archipelago tower guard and exploded into brilliant yellow light to signal the winning goal of the match. Bash's next few moments were a blur of noise, light, and finding herself winded at the bottom of a pile of excitable young women who had just vanquished their biggest rivals. Despite having her face smushed against the ground and her lungs crushed, Bash grinned. Mum won't believe it. Suddenly Bash could breathe. The dog pile dissipated and she could see the grey surf float clouds above her. She lay in the mud, gasping at the air. It felt fresh. A fresh start. It was then that Bash realised the faces around her were not joyful anymore, but concerned. Trent Bombadom approached with two league enforcement trainers, their faces darkly sullen. This her? asked one of the trainers. Bash? Yeah, that's her, replied Trent. Miss Falutin, we're here with the Pokemon League. Now we have a word, I'm afraid we have some bad news. Well, Bash is now the most developed character in the entire show. <laughs> we know more about her story than about Kenny's. I felt like she needed something. <laughs> Bash did she need did something, not. so you gave her a life of being excluded. Indeed. Uh, this is your Pokemon podcast, reporting in for duty. Let's go live to the Pokemon League. <laughs> I think that's where we start. We start with the commentator. No, 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 I like it, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's be announcers. <clears throat> so this is Dan Nouncer and... Oh, um, Harry Porter. Harry Porter. Dan Nouncer and Harry Porter. Dan Nouncer, Harry Porter. <laughs> Man, I am so nasally congested. <laughs> a... do, you want, do you want a tissue? No, you... no it's far too exciting no. for that, Harry. Oh, oh. There is, oh. There are... <laughs> Not for me, it ain't. <laughs> I, know, I know you love the tissues. Uh, uh, especially... Oh, Harry, you should really get that checked out. But look what's happening on the outfield right now. We thought with the, with the, with the, with the, with the failure of Myrmidon that this league challenge was over. But oh no, 
Harry, the excitement had just begun because we've just seen a Hydreigon released onto the field and a, a, a small, it, it appears a small Buneary is yep. facing off against it. Yeah. Yes, your it. thoughts, please, Harry. Well, obviously, you know, there's three, three heads in a Hydreigon, so that gives them three chances to attack. Um, and then there's Very only astute. one, there's only one Buneary, so he only gets one attack. And the Buneary is a lot smaller. Um, I'm predicting, I'm predicting a narrow win for the High Dragon. <laughs> there we go. You've heard it here first, folks. Harry Potter predicting a narrow win for High Dragon because of his multiple heads. Oh, hang on. He has picked up a rock. That that little tiny Pokemon there. He's, he's picked up a rock. He is thrown it. He hit it. Harry and Dan continued like this for over three hours. <laughs> oh. Ex- excuse me, shit. Shouldn't we be leaving? The High Dragon is on very much the rampage. You need to get out of here. At a time like this, well, producer Amigel, we, we cannot leave the, 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 the contra move. Yep. Well, now that you're here, I suppose I can now finally give you your contracts and risk assessment forms to fill out. Oh my god, the High Dragon, run! Run away! Cutting to the central midfield. Wimpy has just thrown a rock, correct? That is correct. Should we open with a roll? Sure. What am I rolling for, Stu? Uh, forceful. Okay. Wimpy is, I think, a zero on forceful. Here we go. It's an eight. Eight. <laughs> okay, so what was what was Wimpy trying to do with the rock? I mean, it was a devil may care putting it all out there wants the high dragon's attention because the high dragon's sort of thrashing around and hurting a lot of people you know th- those the electivire that we're trying to keep it contained have been flung to various points within the stadium it's getting out of control quite clearly and wimpy wants to it almost wants to be acknowledged so you're looking looking to get Hydreigon's attention. Eyes, eyes on me as well. Eyes on me i recognize you as a worthy threat and a foe i'm going to focus on you at least momentarily you succeed in that yes. all right the rock sails through the air and Wimpy has hurled this like a blitzel ball, and it connects. It connects with the left eye on the middle head, and it's 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 so precise. I don't know where Wimpy learned to throw like this, but maybe it's maybe it's the situation. Maybe there could be a vignette at the beginning of the next episode about you know Wimpy learning how to play baseball with maybe, maybe, a gang know. of Orpen Veneries and a fun. Know. Yeah, it's up to you. You do the vignettes, not me. I, 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 I do. Um, it connects. Don't you dare. <laughs> connects with the left eye and the high dragons. Middle head lifts backwards. Hurry! Dragon! <laughs> That's the tail. That's the tail. <laughs> Don't forget about me! <laughs> the head lifts back with a tremendous roar that sort of separates a few clouds above the stadium. <laughs> Very Dynamax. Yeah, absolutely. Um, splits the night, if you will. It, it sort of roars. It's not pain, per se, but it's, it's like... It's irritation, it's annoyance. And as the, the heads return back... To where they were, they are now not scanning over the over the entire stadium, looking for um, the assailant that has put them in this position. They're now focused entirely on this tiny Buneary. Um, Wimpy, I, I don't know. If, I feel like we should have got the element of surprise rather than you know what? I'm gonna let you do thing. Hi, High Dragon. And I think the High Dragon is like, right, you've got my attention. I'm gonna go in, and it's not. It's it's almost like you know how a shark would bite something to get a sense of it. And get a taste. It's not going for a lethal blow, but it is sending one of its heads down to sort of do one of these tester attacks. And a tester attack from a Hydreigon, it's not a little bite from a Puchaina. Let's put it that way. So this head is flying down at Wimpy. What do Brandy and, and Wimpy do? <sighs> it's, t- it's tough because this is what we want. We want, we want it to be, to be focusing solely on 
on us. I feel like time slows down a little bit in this moment. Thank goodness, because because <laughs> I do not know what to do. Because I am flustered. That is a big high dragon. Wimpy's going to face down this head. It saw that the eye seemed to be annoy it, and Brandy's going to reinforce this by running close to Wimpy as well, and sort of say, "Let's just keep going for the eyes. Go for the eyes. Let's blind all six eyes. Six attacks. Six blinds. Let's do this." And Wimpy's going to go for and try and time it to pound right in the eye. As the head's coming as in. As the head's coming in for a bite. That's the plan. What kind of roll do we think this is? Do we think it's like a precise roll or... I mean, it sounds quite... Is there, isn't there like a reflexive kind of... A reflexive thing? is good. It is a reflexive. Yeah, reflect because you're sort of reacting... Because you're kind of trying to get out of the way, but also... I almost, yeah, I almost see Wimpy like dodging to the side, Matrix style, and punching the eye as the head comes past him. <laughs> and that's what's going to happen. Okay. And, well, we'll see. Well, <laughs> theory, <laughs> to happen. Guys, that... Is what is going to happen. Wimpy is a plus one in reflexive. Twelve. Ooh, <laughs> that would be a full success. Okay, great. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm so thrilled. Wimpy <laughs> really needed this, guys. <laughs> oh. oh my goodness. So this Hydreigon head is whooshing at like Mac 2. And almost wordlessly, Brandy and Wimpy communicate this, this dodge action, this sort of faint and, and, and sucker punch, but not an actual sucker punch, a faint <laughs> and pound into the eye of this Hydreigon. And I think, you know, to the assembled masses, A, they're confused, you know, B, there's moving at the speed they can't possibly process. Theo, I, I wouldn't even think you understand what happens here, but you see the head come down and then it just flies backwards and I think it sort of crashes across the, the, the midfield of the Pokemon Stadium. What, the high, the Hydreigon crashes? The head of the Hydreigon crashes. It's, it's, it's ripping up dirt and grass and everything as it <laughs> digs into the ground across the, the, the field, tearing a chunk out of the, uh, out of the turf. And but I don't think Hydreigon itself is knocked anywhere. No, 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 no. Like, it's just the head. The head just is the just... Head. It's, it was moving at such a speed and so did not expect any kind of counterattack that it was just caught totally unawares. Brandy says, Did we pass your test? Your old tester bite? Maybe come at us with the real thing and then we'll start talking. Oh no, I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't do that. <laughs> Wimpy run. Wimpy now start. We've distracted enough. Let's get out. Um, okay, so yes, the, 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 the third head. I feel bad we haven't characterised the Hydreigon heads. Uh, <laughs> I think we're all right. <laughs> It's 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 in the, a rage. The dopey head. <laughs> One's a really oh. shrill woman. One is a slightly dopey Irish person. <laughs> and one is a crazy student of the law who just loves keeping things by the book. Uh, Hydreigon head whoosh, is hit across the turf, but it's it rears back up again, not seemingly too damaged, but definitely shaken by this. I mean, what does what does Wimpy look like after landing this? Well, attack? I think obviously with the as it's all happened in a flash, there's almost an explosion of you know in arenas, especially Pokemon arenas, it's a lot of dust, so no one can really see what's happened. But you just see the Hydreigon's head on the floor, and then the silhouette of a Baneri just slowly walking towards the head again. Just and then it appears through the uh, the sand and dust. Does the shadow look bigger in the dust? It does. Yeah. It does. Mm-hmm. It's got some um, floor lighting <laughs> from one of the uh, stadium lights. Amazing. That makes uh, Baneri look much bigger. So but Wimpy's then... like going in for round two and Brandy's like, whoa, 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 yeah. whoa. Brandy at this point now grabs Baneri and is like, that was amazing, but we're going to we're gonna start screaming for help now. Help! Help! Okay. Thea! So I think... Kenny!
what, what Wimpy has, has done there has, has basically stunned the Hydreigon long enough for it to not go on an immediate rampage. And it's kind of taking its time to recover itself. Theo, you're over with the others. Who's with you? Bash? Yeah, so I guess at this stage we're sort of all splitted, split up a little bit. Sure. So I'm the nearest to, to where Whiskey was exiting the stadium. Great. So I'm probably relatively near to where you are as well. Yeah, Seto Kappa. Yep, and then sort of in a line behind me from that point there's Hannah, Heron, Bash, because Bash is probably the furthest. So yeah, so I guess Theo is sort of torn between two spectacular sights. And uh, yeah, I, I think Theo in one side is like, oh, well, uh, uh, dragon defeated rabbit. This is, well, this is quite, always have the tone of surprise. Always be, always be questioning, always be questioning. But then on the other side, what Theo came here for is the extreme ball. The extreme ball is in the hands of Bash. The extreme ball needs to be used. That is what Theo came here for. Like, this is the way to solve the Hydreigon. So I think Theo is like, right, focus on this. Focus on the fact that that extreme ball is going to solve this problem. And Theo just turns to to Bash and is just like, what are you waiting for? Throw it. Okay, Bash Bash is, is holding this extreme ball and <laughs> seems, seems to be in some kind of weird headspace as if this, this moment has, has echoed in her past before. But Theo, your your shout. Let's 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 make this a roll. Sure. Oh, great. It sounds it sounds forceful. It sounds like yeah. you're like well, you're good at force. It's yeah. almost like you're screaming on the sidelines, a coach, if you will, telling her to throw the ball. And yeah. and that sounds like that won't bring back coral memories. Not no, not, not, from, not from Theo's perspective. No, no, no. So you're plus two in forceful. Eleven. Guys, the successes. We've finally done it. Let me talk right, the arcs. We've got through that 17-episode lull. <laughs> that right, patch. I haven't rolled yet. Uh, I was going to say. <laughs> Kenny's, <laughs> Kenny's coming in. Kenny. I'm invisible and crying on the other side of the stadium. Um, okay. Do we think that with a, with a big success, I feel like Theo might see that the sort of what are you waiting for, come on, do it approach. You sort of see Bash recoil a bit with that. The success is that Theo knows what... The Just approach. Saying. Oh, okay. The, the yeah. approach so needed. It doesn't, it doesn't succeed that approach, but it shows Theo the actual way to do it. Possibly. Yeah, exactly. Oh, which will fine. then, which will then succeed without a roll because come on, that's yeah, yeah, no, fair enough. <laughs> that makes total sense. And okay. now you can say whatever you want, and it works. So have fun, David. <laughs> okay. So yes. Listen here, you little cow. <laughs> <laughs> so you release these forceful, commanding words from your mouth, and you actually see Bash recoil slightly uh, and and grip the ball tighter, as if she's not going to release it. Um, she looks down to the floor rather than at the Hydreigon. Um, it's clear that that approach potentially might shut her down, um, but it does clue you in that actually what's needed here is maybe a tenderer touch, which maybe, I don't know how used Theo is to that, but that's what's required in this situation. Can Theo pull it off? It's a minus three on the sheets, Stu. Tender touch, it's right there. <laughs> oh, sorry, Theo. Tender, tender touch, it's a new fairy physical move. <laughs> Isn't that the evolution of tentacle? Tender touch. Tender touch. <laughs> The rest of the stadium seems to to fade out. It's just mm. you and Bash yeah. in this moment. West Side uh, Story, dance at the gym. Exactly. <laughs> do, do, do. Um, I think that as as was sort of aforementioned, Theo has the benefit of also recognizing what it looks like when somebody doesn't enjoy a physical uh, education, um, and so Theo goes, "Ah, right. Similar to family, this small child who." I couldn't even remember the name of if I tried. Um, doesn't clearly doesn't respond well to being bullied physically. Let's let's go. You know, I read a book once on uh, on empathy. We we can make this work. We can make this work. It's going to be fine. And Theo tries to think of the one most comforting moment they had in their entire life, and things back to the King's Mock and the moment with Meditite when they remembered that they uh, didn't have to just be strong; they could also be smart. 
Um, and so Theo leans down to bash very quickly and very efficiently, obviously, because this is really, <laughs> really very speedy. Um, <laughs> uh, leans down, grips her quite calmly by the shoulder, quite kindly by the shoulder, and goes, you don't have to be strong to do this. You're going to be fine. Theo releases Bash's shoulder. There's a split second where you don't know whether the words have had effect. Bash is still clutching the ball, her darkly blue-tinted hair falling across her face, uh, her head bowed in in an apologetic pose. And then she straightens and she rises and she looks at you and just gives you a weak smile, but a smile nonetheless, and throws the extreme ball towards the High Dragon. Two ones. <laughs> and she's a minus three, so it's bad. <laughs> the Hydragon picks up the Pokeball, throws it at her and catches Bash. <laughs> That's a hard move, Bash. You're a Pokemon now. You belong to Hydragon. Hydragon's joined the Super Defense League. <laughs> uh, it's more imme- useful. Immediately the best member. <laughs> I don't know, got beaten by Baneri, so... Oh yeah, and everyone loses to Wimpy. Hey! <laughs> Stay away from my rabbit. <laughs> This silver chrome orb flies through the air with surprising pace and speed, almost as if Bash actually knows how to throw things. And as it's whipping through the air, it goes past the the stranded onlookers, past the line of guarding elite trainers, through the dust and detritus that was brought up by Wimpy's attack, and over the head of this Buneary as it connects with the head of the Hydreigon, just as it is rising again from Wimpy's attack. There's an explosion of blinding light, unlike any Pokeball that anyone's ever seen released. It's almost as if when the when the ball opens, you can hear this, this shrill shriek as the light envelops the form of this Hydreigon and crushes it down into a tiny, luminous ball and closes around it. The extreme ball, which was floating sort of 12 foot in the air in order to encompass it, drops into the dirt. It doesn't even shake. It just stays shut. There's no lights. There's no boop boop. It's like this quite cold, like, and it just stays shut. And the assembled onlookers and the chaos and panic that was on the brink of ensuing, it wasn't quite there. It was just starting to bubble with the, the Kenny situation and the, the Electivires getting thrown around. Just dies down. And then people start to applaud. Seto, Seto Kappa, who'd been hiding, hiding behind the, the sort of reclining deck chair of Boromir Draw, removes his head from behind, checks like a cornered rat, sees the ball, sees no Hydreigon, and grins this horrible toothy grin, and runs up to the mic that's still sort of planted on the centre of the stage, grabs it. And, and there, there we go! go! The Extreme Ball! Ladies and gentlemen! Developed by the Kappa Corporation and available to you very, very soon. Let's hear it again for our wonderful participants who are, who are all part of it and, and in on the act. And, and wasn't, it, wasn't it a show? Eh? Did you feel it? Did you feel the danger? Wonderful. The extreme ball, ladies and gentlemen. 
And there's this sort of whooping and, and the crowd buy into it. And they're like, oh, were we part of an immersive experience here? That was great. Woo! And, yeah, that's and how people would respond. There's... Well, they're responding a lot more to this than the battle between Boromir, Draw and Myrmidon, which it's was so well. boring. That Very this, true. This was actually action-packed and terrifying yes. this was this was uh, unbelievable Theo you look uh, you look across from you and you see Bash and her weak smile has grown into a bigger grin and maybe Heron comes up to her and like shakes her hand and it's you can sense that it's one of the first times that her brother has ever really shown her any kind of it's not affection but it's like recognition you achieve something there I recognise so, that so Heron do do I have a high dragon now I don't know Seto Kappa! Seto Kappa! And Bash and uh, uh, Heron run towards Seto so, Kappa. Yeah, as, so, as soon as you see this interaction happen, it's, they, they run after Seto Kappa. The, the, Wimpy is like looking at the, at the extreme ball, almost irritated that the fight has been interrupted. <laughs> Wimpy's, Wimpy's just punching, punching the ball. The like, come on, come out, come out, I want some more. <laughs> Brandy's left Wimpy to, to fight the, the extreme ball, one-on-one, fair, finally. Fair. The battle we've all been waiting for. And, and Wimpy Brand- loses. <laughs> Again. Um... <laughs> Uh, uh, Brandy goes uh, to Whiskey and just sort okay. of runs over to Whiskey, basically. And Whiskey's a bit, Whiskey's a bit shell-shocked. Um, I think she's she's on the ground, like on her knees. On like, her knees, shaking. yeah, absolutely shaking. Oh, and Brandy runs up, gives her a massive hug and is like, Brandy, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Mom, you're all right. I'm so sorry. I just, what are you doing here? They came, Why? The men came and they said they'd give me money if I appeared in this advert. I thought it would be fine. I just, I just didn't. I, I Where's hate- Dad? I mean, Delio. Delio, Delio's, he's, he's round the back, he's in the play centre. The, the, right, it's Delio in the play centre! Pokemon crash! Oh, the yeah, crash. fair, the daycare. There, they, they <laughs> thought it would it would ruin the image if it looked like I had a Pokemon already, so they just, oh, I'm so sorry, I just, I hate the idea. I'm just happy, I'm glad, I'm glad you're okay, I'm just glad you're okay, but I don't, do- well, don't walk off with strange men for money, Mum! We've done this so many times before! I'm sorry! And they sort of collapse into each yeah. other, having like a, a moment. You hear the cheers and the hollers and the whoops, of the assembled Pokemon League patrons echo into the night. cheers you hear these hollers but they are muffled they are distant they feel almost as if they belong to another place another world when you were when you were pleading it's like you were you were scrunched up you were you were almost trying to get inside yourself that's how desperately you wanted to disappear you open your eyes and as you slowly open one eye another eye and unfurl your body from the tension it had been under you hear those distant sounds start to fade away. And you look around, and you're not in the Pokemon Stadium. 
and you hear other sounds start to come in. It's like you hear waves. It's like you hear the creaking of old wood. You start to smell salt. It's old alcohol. Very strange. You reach out your hand and you touch damp old wood. But it's weird. It's like, it's not like reaching out your physical hand and touching something. It's like you're touching it through a film. And as you push a little bit, it's like you open something. You're in a cupboard. I can't be under the stairs. We've had too many Harry Potters. <laughs> and as you look out into the cupboard, you have no idea where you are. It's a room, quite a small room, and all you see are like slatted wooden sides and, and, and barrels, a couple of chests. What do you do? Uh, I creep into the, the room. Mm-hmm. You, um, see, you see a sort of like a candle dangling from a chain above you. And it seems to be rocking. And you feel actually yourself, you feel the floor moving beneath you. Not the floor itself, but like as if whatever structure you're in is is shifting from side to side. The sounds that you're hearing, the sort of lapping of, of water. It's louder now. Um, okay. Um, is anyone there? I'm scared. We need some help. Bowtie? Moustache? Someone? The rocking is getting greater, larger. So the room is is rocking and it's starting to rock harder. Is there a, a little bit harder. Is there a, a, a window or dare I say a porthole? <laughs> yeah, there might be a porthole. Yes, yes, there's a porthole. And Ali, for 300 points, where do you think you are? I'm gonna go with my office. No, oh, I'm yes. sorry, Ali. Correct. Correct. Oh. Oh, my office is on a ship. Ah, then correct the yes. He wins. Well, I win. He wins 300 poker dollars. Unfortunately, it was 500 poker dollars to enter, so you owe us 200 poker dollars. <laughs> Read the terms and conditions, folks. Your prize is for me to continue the scene. <laughs> yeah, it's rocking a little bit more. Uh, yes, there is a porthole to your right, and you see uh, a dark sea getting stormier. Oh no! Um, a storm that you might have seen before. And as this candle sways left and right, it illuminates the left-hand side of the room. And you see, chained up, there's a figure. Okay. At that point, uh, Kenny goes, Eliza? There's no response. I go over to her. Or I go over to the figure that I believe is Eliza. As you go over, this candle swinging still. It's not as if the candle seems to be illuminating anymore, but your eyes just seem to adjust as you get nearer and you can make out the shape of this figure more clearly. And as your pupils dilate, you get a clearer image of this figure. And it's Gary Smoke. If only the listeners could see the widened eyes <laughs> that David, Tom and I just gave to that response. Is, is he awake? Yeah, I think he's awake. I think he looks like pretty haggard. It's like, you know, a, a hand is like chained to the, to the wall. You know, like the prison in Aladdin oh, style. Oh, God, his Pokeball throwing hand. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> they know the danger when they see it. <laughs> yeah, and you can see it's been, it's been up there for a while. The blood has drained out of the, the, the hand. It looks a bit like white and, and sad. He's, he's awake. He's conscious. But he doesn't seem to be responding to you. Kenny goes, um, oh, my God. Ga- Gary? Gary. And he goes to shake him. Okay. As you go to, to shake him, it's weird. It's like you're almost passing through him. There, but not quite there. It's almost like Gary hears a whisper on the wind. It's like a... And it's, he sort of maybe like turns ahead, 
but then, you know, blames it on a creak of a wood or the lap of a wave or something and just returns to being slouched. And at that moment, you hear the door to the room open and two figures walk in. One of them has long brown hair piercings, many body piercings. (laughs) Alternative. Sorry, alternative body piercings. The other... Kenny, what is the first thing you notice about this other person entering the room? They have a hunched back. Not mm. quite Quasimodo style, but it's like there's a there's a, a real slant to cool. one particular shoulder. Cool. That every time they walk, it goes sort of <laughs> further down. So further down. Okay, so the first person enters the room, this young woman, and then the second person comes in. I'm, I'm getting an older sense. I'm yeah. getting uh, maybe a more masculine hunchback sense. I'm kind of feeling right. almost almost Madame Moody esque. I know oh, I know yeah. the Harry Potter thing. Blah 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 blah. Ali, do you like Harry Potter? <laughs> Ali has one reference. <laughs> but you know when he like he's first sort of described as coming in yeah, the yeah. books and he's sort he of got like hunches a, over. Got a staff? No, he doesn't have a staff. Don't be silly. I do like the idea that he's almost got a claw though. Ooh, what a metal claw has. It's got like a crawdunt claw. Ooh. Ooh. For an arm? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Oh. Yeah? Yeah. Nice. But I noticed the hunchback more. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a first thing you know. <laughs> oh, he's got a bit of a hunch on that back. Oh, he's got a bit of an injury, poor dear. Oh, nice he has, claw. He has some terrible posture. Um, Funny thing about the arm. Can't quite put my finger on it. Um, okay, so this guy, this guy, massive trench coat, I'm feeling, crawdunt claw, <laughs> follows... Kenny, from the limited information that Gurdy gave you in Rautuno Forest, you were able, uh, with your big, big Kenny brain, to put two and two together and understand that you think this might be a Lisa. <gasps> Stifles a gasp. She's wearing, it looks like a repurposed naval coat. It's, it looks old, like, like from a bygone era naval coat. It's not necessarily well-fitting on her. It looks quite dirty. It's been patched in many places, but it still maintains this weird authority. That's what she's wearing. And she has alternative body piercings and brown hair and dark skin. That mm. is Elisa. Um, okay. Elisa walks up to Gary Smoke, bends down in front of him, pops a sort of squat. Gary Smoke, champion of the Pokemon League. I was going to say, you're going to forget my title. That's uh, sort of my thing. I would never forget the title of a person as important as you, Gary. And how lucky we were to stumble upon you. What a crazy chance that was. I think you mean crazy. Sorry. What a crazy chance that was. Am I not right, Tyronimus? Right. Oh my God. <laughs> Am I not white, Tyronimus? Tyronimus? Yeah, you're really white. All right, I, I'm a bit more tanned, okay? I get it. It, it was a storm <laughs> outside. It's called, I haven't had the great tanning season. I've been too busy winning the Pokemon League, Have which you... is sort of a big deal, which is what... I don't Gary, even know Gary, why Gary, I'm in Gary, this... Gary, 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 I know you love to run your mouth off. But have you met Tawonimus Chanda? Tawonimus hates unnecessary words. Yeah. But he really ekes those words out, don't you? The point is, Gowie, you just need to listen right now. I don't need to do anything. I'm here as a prisoner, and I think if you would just release me, give me my Pokemon, you, me, six on six, Pokemon battle, Winner gets to leave, or, you know, I, uh, well, if I win, I leave, and if I lose, I'll stay, but... At this point, the cord and claw just shatters through the wall um, where Gary's other hand would be if they were both equally placed. And Gary's like, ah! And and he just says, I said fewer words. Fine. To one of Skenancy. I hate getting antsy. 
You hate a lot of things I'm picking up on. That's why I joined this evil crew. All right, we don't blend ourselves as evil. I also have trouble with Vuzz, just so you know. That's how it is. Do you want to know where I can put my other hand, Gary Smoke? I really don't, but I feel like you're going to say... I can put it in your mouth and pull out your tongue. I usually have to pay a girl to do that. Am I right? Anyone? High five. My hand's already tied up here. Kenny high fives it. Gary twitches (laughs) like, ah, even the air's high fiving me. And then Kenny goes, oh wait, I didn't know if they could see me or not. That was risky. (laughs) I'd love to give you a high five. Guess which hand I'm going to use if I do. I feel like I know. It's going to be the claw. Yeah, it's going to be the claw hand. Yeah, it's going to be the claw. I got that. Tawonimus, thank you. Listen, Gary, all we need you to do is help us out. A little favour. Yeah, and tying me up and putting me in the basement of a ship is Gary, a real good way to get a favour out of Gary, me. Gary, you're, you're unpredictable. I'm the Pokemon champion, baby. That's that's like my MO. That's what I do. I'm unpredictable. Exactly. Unpredictable smoke. Exactly. You can't catch smoke. You can't read smoke. It goes wherever, except right now, because I'm tied up. Yeah, he smokes your screens. I smoke your screens. I love that. I just thought of that. <laughs> we just need your help. We have a little little mission that's happening. Well, I say little. It's a big mission. We're going to hijack a train. A twain. <laughs> Man, nothing, nothing kills the flow like, uh, like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we're going we're gonna to hijack a twain. And, um, well, we have manpower. We have Tawonimus power. We have my power. But we need the power of the Pokemon champion to really, really make this succeed. Because this mission means a lot to me. It means a lot, a lot, a lot. I don't want it to fail. Well, that's just absolutely perfect. That makes so much sense. You know what? Hand me my Pokemon, and I will 100% come with you to the to the train place. No, 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 right? no, 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 no. We can't just What's give it? you your Pokemon back or you'll run away. We will give you... I won't, I promise. Oh, you promise? I do. You I... promise? You want a pinky swear with Tyronimus here? Guess which pinky I'm going to use. I feel like I know. It's going to be it's one the of claw. my... It's the claw, yeah, we it's all know. It's the claw. We're going to give you, Pokemon, Tyronimus, you had a you had a lackey, you had a Numal? White? Did have a lackey. Oh, the lackey's gone now, so the Numal's all yours. See? A Numal. Sure. We want the Pokemon champion to walk around with a Numal, a dumb camel. You are the Pokemon champion. Give me a camera up, fine. A mega camera up, sure. Mm. Hand me that giant artillery up there and I'll do some damage for you. Maybe not to the train, maybe oh, to the whole damn planet. To one of us, I'm not sure you'd let your favourite pet loose like that, would you? I don't let nobody touch my Octi. Oct? You, oh, you gave it a nickname. Yeah, um, I love my Octi. Oh, God. Let yeah, me guess, not- you touch it with which hand? The normal one, because it would be very weird otherwise. Oh, I thought... Okay, that I'm sense. actually deeply compassionate to the things that I love. Well, you could love me, Tyronimus, if you just untie me. And I only have me. room for three things I love. Trains, my octillery, and Lady Elisa over here. Lady Elisa. What a, what a title you've given yourself. Tyronimus, I told you, you call me the Queen of the Sea. I'm sorry, my queen. Again, if you could only see the widened eyes in the room. Queen of the Sea, another another meaningless title. You know what's a meaningful title? Pokemon League Champion. Exactly! And she sort of snaps a little bit at that point. A little bit of lightning. Ooh, lovely, lovely, yeah. You're the Pokemon Champion, your tactics are unrivaled. Now help us out, or we'll throw your Pokemon overboard and you'll never see them again. You wouldn't dare. Wanna bet? My Espeon? My... 
Tyrantrum. And she like runs over to the other side of the room and retrieves a Pokeball from her breast. T-Bone! T-Bone the Tyrantrum, no! Yes? You let him go. She holds it out of the porthole. You are, you, you are, you are Okay, agree. Gary's freaking you out. You agree, Gary, or this goes in the sea. You agree? I don't want to do this. Okay, okay, enough, enough with this bullshinks, all right? Yeah, just, just, I'll do it. Just, just put T-Bone down, okay? She pulls back in. I need a guarantee that my Pokemon are safe, and I've helped you with this one job, this whatever it is, train thing. Give me my Pokemon bag. We go our separate ways. Of course. So we have a deal? We have a deal when Tyrannimus Chunder shakes my hand. Which hand do you want to shake? I feel like you. I know which hand you're going to make me shake. And this time, uh, Chunder offers the normal hand. And Gary, I can't reach your hand. You're going to have to bring it up. Oh, oh right. I, I understand. That's, that's a practical problem. And Gary then headbutts Tyronimus Chunder. And it's like, doesn't mean I have to like you, idiot. I'll help. <laughs> Gary Smoke. Awesome. I feel like Tyronimus like goes to like crush his hand and and Elisa has to like hold Tyronimus back and be like, we need him for now. Don't waste your words. Don't waste your words. Okay, so Elisa and Tyronimus leave the room, leaving Gary alone. Kenny, is there anything you? I don't know if there's anything I can do. It's... Well, we can end. We can end it there. And you just hear, I'm gonna be the best. Evil was. Be all the best, the best that smoke is. God, I love that song. Ah, <laughs> uh, Gary <And> Smoke. <laughs> and then we walk back. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that Pokemon? Keep up the pace, guys. No, I can't. Come on, please. Come on. This is all. There's only 500 meters to go. Come on. Is the midsection in sight? Can yeah. you see it? There it is. Okay. Alright, sprint finish! Oh, oh, no. oh, yeah. Well done, well done everybody. Welcome to the mid section. Um Tom, have we got a new NPC to talk about today? No. <laughs> right, see you later, everyone. Bye-bye. Let's go back to the jog off again. <laughs> Just found no, wait, 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 come back. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. We do have some excellent suggestions from our listeners, and this one today that we're gonna discuss is from Bryce Pottergal. If I'm pronouncing that wrong, I apologize. Bryce's email. I know I've sent this one a while ago, but I haven't emailed it yet. Ha ha. Ha ha to you guys. <laughs> Thanks for including this. Uh. The grammar stone. You can change, add, or remove a letter in a move name when it is used to give it a new effect. For example, hyperbeam can become hyperseam. For what I imagine, this isn't written here, but I imagine when you need to destroy clothing. Yeah. Yeah. So a big sheet So together. a big old sheet. Oh, so like re- a massive one. Like a really big sheet. Like yeah. a cushion. Like, yeah. like the fabric of existence itself. <laughs> Whoa, it's an arseous move. Spatial rend found rotting. Uh, Bryce, we like the grammar stone. And Stu, do you want to put it in? It's in. There's a character here as well. Elite four idea. Ooh. Oh, wait. Ooh. There's, there's more? I, There's mate, more. I was it's ready to rip idea. on the grammar stone. Oh, oh, Bryce, a long time. Strap yourselves no, no. in, folks. This is no. a half hour midsection. <laughs> Guys, all I'm saying is the grammar stone, self-explanatory. Yeah, it can exist in the world. I love yeah. it. But let's get on to the character idea, oh. which we may have already heard. Sten, a trainer that specialises in tricks and illusions. Their actual appearance is that of a 21-year-old man that is average in every way, but when they battle or make appearances for the Elite Four, they call themselves Nero, and they are disguised by a gaudy magician's outfit and appearance of a purple-haired, androgynous, strikingly beautiful person. This appearance is made by their Zoroic, a lot of Zoroics, who appears as a different Pokemon with every appearance. Their Pokemon include Zoroic, Zoroak, 
Zoroak. 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 Hypno with Trick Room. Like the clarification. Chandelure disguises as an actual chandelier and Alakazam. Nothing special about the Alakazam. Alakazam just takes names. (laughs) (laughs) Alakazam's working real hard to keep that team team going. Nero's just like, yes, Chandelure disguises as a chandelier. Perfect. Alakazam, you could... You're just there. Uh, yeah. You Alakazam. Just, yes. You, you, you bend that spoon. Keep you bending still got spoon. some spoons? You want me to... Alakazam. <laughs> go, go to the shop. So Nero has a Zororic. Yes. Um, and listeners, you may remember, we've mentioned Nero before as one of the original Elite Four who defeated the Comet. The first four. The first four. The Fab Four. The first Elite Four. The first Elite Fab Four who beat the Comet. So who do we have? We had Nero. Gordo. Oh, poor Gordo. <laughs> A-bomb, A-bomb and Alana Flash, who is another listener NPC. But we'll leave Alana for a second because this is the Nero section. Let's get in with Nero. So, let, to clarify, so what? they were very psychic and sort of darky and sort of tricksy. Yes, team, right? yeah. But, their, but their whole thing is that they're... <laughs> so I am fascinated to know how a hypno with trick room, trick room stopped a meteorite attacking Earth. <laughs> They just really they slowed that meteor down. down really slowed I think it, it must have been It key. performed Trick Room on the world. So, and no, also wait, wait, the comet, when coming down, went, well, hold on, before I before I destroy Earth, is that a real chandelier up there? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to investigate. And then, oh, no, it's chandelier. And then, ah. boom, with the Alakazam. Nero's like, like, Nero's like, Nero's like, this comet is travelling 3,000 miles an hour. My hypno travels about five. <laughs> trick Room, baby. <laughs> <laughs> trick Room, baby. <laughs> So we need. Oh, well, the question I want to ask is: what, what's what drives Nero? What's Nero's you know backstory? So Nero is is truly a very average person. Yeah, named Sten. Masquerading. Ma- exactly. Mm. Well, then I suppose the the seeking of being extraordinary. Yeah. To ride a comet is a very fabulous thing to do for someone who likes to make a statement and make a big appearance. Yeah. To make your hypno move at three thousand miles per hour after trick grooming a <laughs> trick grooming a meteor, pretty fabulous. So. Sten, yeah, androgynous. No, no, Sten is male. Yeah. Sten, Sten is male. Sten is male. Sten is male. But, they're, okay. but they're masquerading as Nero, who is the androgynous. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. I see Sten theater, high school theater, starring in the uh, high school theater production of Levani. Oh, David. Levani. Yeah. Oh, you've done it again. <laughs> Playing the role of Teddy Ursa Warbucks. Levani. Do you know what I'm going to say? Archipelago Conservatoire. Yeah, graduate. Yeah, mm. absolute graduate. Star of their of their high school theatre scene. Uh, lauded, but then went to college or whatever, and was absolutely exposed. Got no attention. Mm. Um, so created this character, the sort of the most fabulous. Um, well, I, I was going to say, I was going to say <laughs> that Nero the fabulous. I was going to say Nero the fabulous, but again, theatre felt too constrictive. He was. Um, they were still told to like read the lines, and he, and then they thought. You know what? This is boring. Do you know what's really exciting? You know what real theatre is? Pokemon battling. Yes. Anything mm. can happen. Mm. Anything can go. I've got loads of Pokemon. Some misfits as well in the community theatre. A sort of an Abra was there just struggling, to, teleporting from side to side backstage. Mm. Trying to, you know, a stage managing Abra. That was it. And said, you know what? Come with me. Be the star of the show. So don't be yeah. the stage manager anymore. So does the Alexander always wear blacks? Yes. <laughs> the Alexander's <laughs> in all blacks. So all <laughs> that little headset. Like- yeah. That was how they sort of carved their niche, was actually these special effects on stage created by these sort of uh, telekinesis of the Pokemon types. You know, people would come from miles around, not to see the average acting, but to see these these, these amazing effects. Wait. of just been like, <laughs> so 
Nero, around. Nero's actually quite bad at acting. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Terrible. I mean, you can't really tease terrible. that, Stu. That's innate. <laughs> but one of the best four Pokemon battlers there's ever been yeah. in the history of the Pokemon but world. just wishes that they could be in a film. Just. <laughs> Desperate to great. be in a film. De- yeah. Small role. Soldier number two. Can we say that A-Bomb is actually a phenomenal actor? But has no interest in doing it. Yeah, so much oh. charisma. So much. It's not. It's not the. It's just the charisma. There's just a presence to Avon. Just know they'd look incredible on camera. Yeah, exact chisel jaw. Like whereas Nero. But they just... wear a full nuclear suit, yeah. so no one knows. But they're actually so attractive. A bomb did this like commercial at one point. So after the the comet had crashed, uh, the Pokemon League were doing a recruitment drive, and A bomb featured in a recruitment video and was like, "Sign up with the Pokemon League." And that was his only line, but it was just so charismatic and so brilliant that it, they just got so many people signing up. Whereas Nero did a full tour of Formia and barely anyone came. <laughs> and then still, I think still to this day, because Nero survived and would be 60 years old in our fiction right now. Yeah. Well, if they were 21. We said it was like 50 years ago. We said it was 50 years so ago. It'd be about comet. 75-ish. 21. Yeah, Sten is 21 okay. at the time of, let's say, time of Comet. At time of Comet. So plus 50 to that, 71 years old. So there's a 71-year-old Nero out there who I think is still touring. I like to imagine that all of the money that Nero has gained from everything they've done in the Pokemon League is just immediately poured into more tours of a yeah. musical about the about the the Meteor, purely focused on Nero's role. <laughs> and he's been trying to stage it at Yorick's gym. For yeah. years. And Yorick's like, absolutely not. This is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> this is clearly nothing to do with Shakespeare. Yeah. I only do the classics. No interest. Yeah. What is the name I'm of Nero's comet-based musical about themselves? Commit me, baby. I like Ooh. commit me, baby. Commit me, baby. <laughs> because it's almost, it's like comet or commitment. Commitment. But what does, what does it mean? Does it's it great. Mean? And you have to see the show. That's the selling yeah. point. Intentionally enigmatic, as always. Should we go for a jog? Yeah, that was long. <laughs> that was really long. We can cut that. We can cut that. Now. Well, we will. Yeah. But thank you very much, Bryce. Lovely, Bryce. Thank you very really much. Appreciate thank it. Thank you, thank you, Bryce. Right, everyone, start warming up. We have oh, we got a long way to go. Stretching and quads out. We only <sighs> halfway up this mountain. <laughs> Abra, Abra, teleport, teleport. Abra. No, don't leave me behind. Oh damn. Who's that Pokemon? Hi, Ryan. It's Hi Dragon. Um, you're back. You're back in in the Pokemon League in the same place. Yeah. But I feel like time has passed. So maybe like the stadium's empty now. It's night. It's night. So like time has passed. I think Rowlet's there in the sort of spot, having seemingly waited. I I think Kenny's been invisible that whole time, but not to Rowlet. Ooh. I think, um, Ooh. well, I think that makes sense. Yeah, owls, cool. kind of like spooky owls. Having... Ghost owls, sure. Ghost owls. Yeah. As we all know. <laughs> ghost owls are we a ghost... notorious breed. But I think it's um, it's been a while and I think she's actually fallen asleep a little bit. Oh. Um, Kenny wakes up, well, comes to his senses. And as he does, he sort of witnesses his, his own body reform and just um, just strokes the back of Bowtie's head. And has a moment where he looks over over at the stadium in the dark and the, the sort of the rubble and remembers uh, has, has got this last scene sort of floating around in his head and on one 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 side of him is going I need I need to tell Brandy and Theo all of that but he also can't shake much louder voices in his head you're a monster you're a monster a monster and before he knows it he's actually saying those words you're a monster. You're a monster. You're a monster. 
and says it so loud that sort of Rowlet <laughs> wakes up and does that Rowlet thing where it actually is facing away, but the head swivels all the way around and mm-hmm. faces him. And he goes, oh, sorry, poor toy. Rowlet jumps on your head and uh, starts hitting your head as if to be like, where have you been? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I mean, you've, been, you've been here the whole time, haven't you? Rowlet? I don't deserve you. I don't deserve any of this. I burned someone again. I put people in danger. Again. I ruined your past. What's to say I'm not going to ruin your future? And Brandy's future and Theo's future. Everything. But I, I've um, the last few, uh, the last week or so, there's a lot that's happened, and um, you know, it's I kind of I kind of forgot for a few days. I forgot why I run away from home, and why why I'm even here, why I found Theo. Because I was so swept up in people that actually seemed not necessarily to like me, but to just be around me and rely on me a little bit. And I'm here for a purpose, for a reason. And I need to control this bow tie. Because you know what? I'm not a monster. I'm really trying hard not to be. And people like Frey, anyone will, will, try, to, will try to eke it out of me, but I can't let them. I need to talk to Theo about what they know, if anything. There must be a reason I was sent out to find them. Because there must be some reason behind all of this. There must be some reason behind me finding you, and Mustache, and Brandy, and Theo, and... I need to get stronger, Bowtie. And... I need your help. Will you get stronger? With me? Rowlet starts to glow. There is a shimmer in the air as the reality around Rowlet starts to distort a little bit and the small bow tie that you knew starts elongating. The, the, the warmth of the light and the reassurance that it gives you lets you know that whatever's happening is permanent, it's irreversible, but it's okay. And it's something that bow is doing for you and with you. It's almost as if Kenny's eyes, the corner of Kenny's eyes have been clouded with darkness and shame and this monstrous feeling. The light starts to push that back and clears your vision until all you see is this light. And as that starts to dim and fade and the darkness of the night and the stadium returns to your focus, Bowtie's there and you know it's Bowtie, but Bowtie doesn't look like Bowtie anymore. It looks... It looks like a Dartrix. That's what it's, I was going to describe Dartrix, and I was like, mm, it, it, it looks like a Dartrix. Which Kenny has no idea what and it Ken, is. Kenny goes, uh, Bowtie, you got curtains. Dartrix. Dartrix gestures <laughs> to Kenny to follow suit and stands expectantly. Dartrix. Kenny pushes his hair over to one side in the middle and then over to the other side in the middle and goes, Let's do this.
played up on Ursaring Udon, uh, just outside the Pokemon Stadium. The crowds of, of spectators from the day are long gone, uh, and it's well past Ursaring Udon's regular closing time. Uh, Jockey, the Ursaring, has prepared some special bowls of Udon, but did it with a scowl the entire time, and definitely wouldn't have done it if General Phillips hadn't expressly asked. Um, gathered <laughs> there, Hannah, Adri, Whiskey, Candy, General Phillips, and our intrepid explorers, Brandy, Theo, and Kenny. Uh, Bash and Heron are not there. The last you saw of them, they had gone to go speak to Seto Kappa with the Extreme Ball. They have not reappeared since then. Most of the diners in Ursaring Udon at this late, late hour, with the moon shining in, uh, are dining on the various tables, uh, talking about the, the, the day's events. At the main bar are Kenny, Theo, Brandy. Tucking into some Udon. Tucking into some Udon. Mm. It's really good. Mm. Mm. Don't eat with your mouth open for the love of I'm sorry. The love of smoking. And then, basically, Gary agreed to help them. Of course he did. Ugh. This doesn't really answer my question of, what the hell is that new owl you've got? But, well, after that, I came to in the stadium, and then, I'm going to say it, I poured out my soul, and then, um, Bowtoy agreed to help me, and um, glowed for a bit, and then became an even cooler Bowtoy, with a rad new hairstyle. As have you now got this rad, I mean, Kenny, uh, uh, do you want to tell him or should I tell him? I've had Metatype for like four years, yeah. and yet, and yet, none of us have an evolved Pokemon. That's the that's the thing that I can't really get over here. Oh, I was going to tell him that. I was going to tell you, Kenny, that curtains really don't do it for you. The messy look was a bit more. You know what? It's you. It's your style. Um, you know, whatever you want to go really for. Really good Udon. Yeah, it is good. Yeah, I'm okay, kind of into the curtains, if I'm honest. It's got yeah, a certain. Je ne sais quoi. That's from Kalos. Uh. Look at you with your fancy Kalos words. I get it. You're the only one who's been outside the region. Fine. So, look, we need to tell Adri about this. About <laughs> Gary. We, we look over to see Adri in the anime Dark Cloud, just staring fearfully and inquisitively and menacingly at Kenny. I think the more information Adri has, the more dangerous they become. And I say we just, we just leave them moderately in the dark, and then when we realise we need to drip feed... We drip feed as and when. Well, we should surely tell him about Gary, no? I agree with Kenny here. Look, Theo, I get it. You've got a backstory here with, with Adri, and you don't really want them involved. And that's fair enough. But Adri's coming with us, like it or not. Eliza, the weather-controlling person who Kenny's going to save, is actually the person who's attacking the train! And at that moment, you see uh, Candy finishing a discussion with General Phillips on the other side of the Udon store, uh, and she approaches the table where you're sitting. So, really good news. Great news. Uh, been speaking to uh, to Phillips, General Phillips, and he has agreed to let us have some funds. A few funds for the trip. There you go. There you go, Brandy. Oh, wow. Yes. Tell me the funds. It's modest. 20 zeros. It's modest, Brandy. Modest. But. Modest. Stay with me here, okay? Okay. I'm staying. It is some money, and he said, if you do this... He will raise your trainer rank to C rank. Oh, that's brilliant. What rank are we right now? Like D rank? D? You're, you're like lowest rung. You D? just got... I just, I just one punch the high dragon. Brandy, this is a win. This is a win for all of us, all right? Just... It took me like 10 years to raise up two ranks in the church, so I'm feeling this is a real win for us. <laughs> Classic Theo. Always, always related back to the church. So is this if it goes well with the whole train thing? Yeah. You're, okay. still, you're still all right with that? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm By down. the way, does anyone know where Bash and Heron are? Because we've, we've oh. lost... At the moment, it's just Hannah. They're going... meant to go on safari. I guess Hannah... Um, is, is Hannah in full <laughs> safari gear? <laughs> <Yes>. Massive. <laughs> a backpack that is two times bigger than oh, her. Oh, it's adorable. Ready, I'm going it's... on an adventure. Litwick. Litwick also in safari gear. <laughs> a little stuffed Litleo packing out. Just yes. stick it out of a little... Little court, little little pocket. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm raring to go. Mm-mm. Oh, it's adorable. Do we go? Gonna save the uh, world. No, I haven't. We. I thought. I just assumed they were. They'd gone, or they told you, or you know where they went. I haven't seen them. Anyone seen them? Honestly, since the stadium, I, I haven't seen. Yeah, I thought my nowhere. best friend would communicate with me a little bit more. He's are not you your best friend, Theo. Are you serious? He's a horrible person. I don't know why you keep asking me where the hell is Heron. God, I love horrible people. Oh, you're the worst. <laughs> Oh, right, right, wait, 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 this is... Respect yourself a bit, Thea, that's all I'm asking. <gasps> oh, my... So, they, they're nowhere. Oh, they they have sensitive information. They have the dossier. They also have, like, a huge hydrogen. Surely you could just... They still have the Candy, they went off to see Seto Kappa. I think, maybe put that mission a bit on hold. You and Hannah, maybe you go investigate Seto Kappa, try and find... Oh, no, no, Bash no, and this, Heron. this takes full priority. Yeah, ha- Hannah? Hannah? Yes? Okay, I'm... I know you just got your safari gear. And I know. I look so cute, you right? Look, you look adorable. Oh, uh, this is going to be really horrible. I can't oh, wait. You I know, can't I wanted, wait to see it. I want to come with safari okay. for so long. Okay, Hannah, listen. More yeah. uh, udon here. I'd love some. We're going we're gonna to take a rain check on mm, the safari. Tastes delicious. And we're going to go to uh, Kappa Corp mm. HQ. Um, uh, is that is that near the safari? No, it's not. <laughs> it's not at all. No, 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 no. Kappa Corp HQ is in Tabu Dhabi. So no, no. Just, so just a big old metropolis. No. Big old sandy metropolis. Just concrete everywhere. The the concrete concrete jung- jungle. That's a concrete jungle. No, where dreams are made of. Uh, yeah, we might. You know, maybe we could go on Trubbish Safari. You know, Trubbish. Oh, that's. Hannah. That's how I feel right now. I'm so sorry, but listen, this takes full priority. So we're gonna <coughs> Are you go. Gonna finish that we're gonna leave gonna right, right now. We're gonna leave right now, <laughs> and you just good luck. All right. Wait, where are we going? Where, where do we Where do we start? Oh, Pyrenile. It's where the train leaves. Are we gonna get transported there? Is there like a, or do we have to make our own way? What's the deal? The Skarmory Squadron will take you there. Okay. Brilliant. Great. Okay. Well, this is Adri right. in the corner, just going faster. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Hannah and I, we're going to go. Can I just say that I think General Phillips is in the corner by himself, just grooving. Baby! Just grooving. Oh. Trying to get Jockey turn involved. It, jockey, turn it up, baby! Jockey is just washing up there some plates. There's no music playing. Turn it up! Stop popping locking, you can't do it. Oh. Whiskey joins in, having a great time. <laughs> yes, Whiskey is absolutely hammered. <laughs> oh, baby! Oh, baby! So do you come here often? <laughs> oh, yes, baby. Mum! Oh. All right, oh, hold I've got to sort my mum out. All right, oh, God. And Brandy goes over to try and wrestle her mum away from General Phillips. As Brandy goes over to help her mum in Whiskey. her dilapidated Don't pretend state. like you don't know it. Mum, stop it! Kenny turns to Theo and quickly says, Theo, we need, we need to talk. Um, I, I realised something today that I've been putting off for a few days because it kind of scares me, but, but now it's, it's really important. It's quite late now, but in the morning, do you mind if we have a little chat? Uh, Theo, having finally learnt how to communicate compassionately to other people, uh, repeats the exact same shoulder squeeze on Kenny and is thrilled to see a similarly positive reaction <laughs> and, uh, and says, I'm here for you. I like the idea that Theo flashes back to the library where they once read a book called Empathy for the Primate Soul. 
just sat with Meditite, just constantly putting a hand on their shoulder going. And Meditite being like, in your psychic head, too tight, too tight, too tight, too light. Too Meditite. Too Meditite. Too Meditite. Okay, so we fade down on that scene. The camera pans out from the Udon shop and upwards over past the stadium. You see, still see a few wisps of smoke from the, uh, the slight chaos that ensued that day. We pan up into the night sky with the clouds still parted from that Hydreigon roar earlier. We did it, folks. I can't believe... I just... You know, I'm so, so proud of us. We finally made Bash a worthwhile character. I'm just... I, I didn't think we'd get there, but um, well done us. The first evolution of the campaign. That was exciting, wasn't it? Can he get a Dartrix? Gonna have a lot of fun with that. Um, and I, I mean, I guess kudos to Wimpy as well for, you know, only one punching a high dragon. Give Wimpy his win. He deserves it. I might start calling him Wimpy from now on. I won't. I tease Tom about Wimpy all the time. Anyway, sadly, that is the end of the wonderful Foul Play mini arc. It was only ever going to be a a little bit of a shorter one, but we hope you enjoyed it anyway. And it's not only the end of Foul Play, it's also the end of season one. Uh, We will tweet when our next season picks up again, because actually we're not sure exactly when that date will be. You know, we record ahead of schedule. And we need a little bit of time to catch ourselves up. I love doing this podcast, but it's becoming very close to the bone to keep it bi-weekly. So we're going to have a little break before before the adventure picks up again in earnest in the future. So keep your eyes on our Twitter feed for announcements of when we'll pick up again. And also keep your eyes on your podcast supplier for notifications for when we have new episodes. Because we don't want to lose you. Please don't go. It's only just starting, really. It's, just, it's only going to get better. I can promise you that. And never fear, because it's not all doom and gloom. There will be bonus episodes to tie over in the meantime, including the Reflect for Foul Play, although not entirely sure when that will be. There might be a little bit of a gap until that one comes up, I'm afraid. But also our attempts at um, trying to record a promo, trying to capture the essence of Critical Ditto, which we failed to do spectacularly about nine times. Uh, we've also got a recap of season one to come. We've got a Q&A with both the characters and us. Yep, we're those kind of people. Um, and a few other little bits and bobs here and there to keep you going. So still plenty of Critical Ditto podcasting fun to be had, even in this little break between seasons. Thank you, as always, to the amazing Braxton Burks and the Material Collective for the albums Canto Symphonies, Johto Legends and Time and Space. Thank you to Glitchek City. Make sure to check out her YouTube. To the creators of Pokemon, Junichi Masuda and Satoshi Tajiri. We have no affiliation with Game Freak, Nintendo or the Pokemon Company. We are fan-made and not-for-profit. And last of all, thank you to my wonderful players, Tom, Stu and David. We have, on occasion, not really known how to pronounce some Pokemon names. You you know what? You probably didn't even notice. But um, the snippet at the end of the DM's Treehouse promo will reveal a little bit of the, uh, the magic, which included just watching the animation and trying to guess what they said. Not just Hydreigon, Zoroark as well. How, how is that pronounced? No one knows. We certainly don't. And we're doing this. Um, the amazing DM's Treehouse uh, promo from them coming up. I've just binged it hard and uh, I think it's brilliant. And I keep just wanting to uh, do impressions of the Larvitar. If you've listened to the podcast, you'll know, you'll understand this reference. Keep it up, guys. We love what you're doing. Before I go, I can't help but respond to Tom having a little go at me and Stu. 
about the sign-off saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, unfortunately, Tom, you didn't abide by the rules of grammar, so you did break it and we had to fix it. But uh, be that as it may, I want you to remember something to, to tie you over till we pick up the story of the Sofloatsals in the future. Go out there and be the very best, like no one ever was. In other words, just be yourself. What happens when four DMs who never get a chance to play become friends? Well, they all take turns DMing for each other in their own stories. Cameron from the Coventry Podcast, Rich and Cam from Filling in the Gaps, and the one and only Adam from the Roaring Trainers have joined forces to start the DM's Treehouse. Join us up in the Treehouse for Poker World, a game run by Adam where the players play as Pokemon, The West, a game run by Cam, which is a cowboy-style game set in an alternate timeline world, the Ascent, a traditional D&D game run by myself, Rich, and Heritage, a teenage superhero game run by Cameron that will make you feel like never before. At the end of the day, we're four great friends and great DMs having a good time, and we hope you guys will too. You can join us up in the treehouse by finding us on Twitter, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you find podcasts by searching The DM's Treehouse. Obviously. Obviously. We're waiting for this Velas to, to evolve. If she doesn't say hi dragon, I'm gonna punch her in the face. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> yeah, hi dragon. Hi dragon. Really? Hi dragon. That's what it says. Hi dragon. Hi Dragon. Hi Dragon. I hear Hi Dragon. Oh, I hear Hi Dragon. Dragon. But it's Dragon. Hey Dragon. Hi Dragon. Hi Dragon. Okay. <laughs> what have I begun? Criticalditto oh, at gmail.com. <laughs> Let us know how we're wrong. <laughs>